Hey guys, back on the Couch Shave LibFit podcast. I've got uh, James here today for an interview. So what I'll do is I'll let him introduce yourself and go for it. Cool. Um, so hi guys, I'm James Newcomb, um, a bodybuilder and, and personal trainer from Perth. Um, also part-time coach, part-time pet services. I've got a few things on the go, you know, yeah. just building into my lifestyle. Yeah. Cool, man. All right. Well, let's do a bit of an um, introduction into how you got into the fitness industry. Yeah. So, um, fitness industry, well, it sort of what got me into the fitness industry was sport, right? So it was sort of what um, what built me up into what I am now. I wasn't always in the fitness industry. It was it was sport to start off with. So at school, I was mad into sport. Um, always, I was rowing, high end rowing, high end rugby at Christchurch, um, just across the road yeah, from yeah. Here. Um, And then that led to weight programs and um, introduction to the gym, because I've got a pretty good gym over there. Yeah. Um, and you know, and then, and then their right, right, right programs are pretty good over there. And then eventually that sort of led to, um, them actually offered me a job there at oh, the wow. gym. Yeah. Um, so I went and did, as I left school, I did my cert uh, three and four, basically as I finished Levers, um, and then got a job in that gym. And it just sort of led to, more gyms and progressing to what I am now today. Yeah. Cool, man. That's really cool. Um, and you mentioned how like sport pulled you, um, was like you call it in the industry. Was that first like based around mainly performance or was that more aesthetics at the start? What was your um, go-to? Um, it was just fitness and, and sports, team sports. That's school stuff, yeah. you know. The team sports um, just draw you in as you're a kid, you know. It was rugby, which is big team sport, and rowing, which is you know massive massive team sport everyone has to be in sync um you know and and you have to be super fit for that so it was just yep. you know we'd do 20 laps of a 400 meter oval yep. a couple times a week we'd row four days four to four mornings a week 5 a.m you know and that's sort of what gave me a little bit of my mindset that i have today with bodybuilding is is having that discipline from the team sport and then carrying that and and having the 100 percent onus on yourself which is with the bodybuilding yeah, and I suppose in a way, um, for people who haven't gone down that journey, that is, is a lonely road when you've gone from a team sport and all the support around you to then going down like bodybuilding or um, you know anything to do where it's an uh, individual sport. It, um, the mindset's a lot different too, isn't it? Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a lonely road. Yeah. Bodybuilding versus the team sports. And, um, you know, I've always, I've gone back and done, um, you know, social touch rugby and things like that. Yeah. But, you, you know, when you packed on 20, 30 kilos <laughs> trying to do touch rugby and stuff, you're just not the same, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to where you said, it was started off as fitness and whatnot, and then obviously goes into goes into aesthetics as you get older, you know? When you're younger, yeah. it's just, you know, you just enjoy the sport, but then, you know, 17, 18, it's, you know, the girls come into play, and, and then yeah. you start, you know, motivation. the beach board and motivation, but then, like, it's sort of gotten to the point now past aesthetics where it's just like, it's not even about how big I am. I can get as big as I want, but um, it's just not about how big I am. It's more of an internal journey. So it's more like um, very spiritual sort of journey that I'm on, you know, at the moment. It's like, I don't care how fucking big I get, you know, the size is a bonus, you know what I mean, for me. And, and I sort of get to the point where, and I always actually had people ask me um, when I was that young, like I was always looking at Phil Heath and the top bodybuilders, Flex, and they're like, you really want to look that big, man? And I'm like, yeah, I actually really did, you know, and, and then so it gets to the point where once you put on too much size, it's past aesthetics, right? Because people were like, um, that's, it's appealing to some, but not appealing to all. Whereas like you have that more, 
um, beach body look, which is the you know board short division, that's probably yep. more appealing in aesthetics. You so know, like physique type. Of, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you can get past that. You know, so be careful for the people that are um, trying to get massive, massive, massive. You know, because um, eventually you'll hit you'll teeter over the edge of the hill yeah. <laughs> to pass aesthetics. It's no, a, a really cool um, outlook on it. Yeah. Um, one of the things you're talking about there is, um, you know, how people might strive for that type of look, right? But how many people could actually achieve that is, is a question. Um, mm. Like how many could actually go through that amount of pain and suffering? And, um, you know, journey, do you want to just talk us through your journey into, into bodybuilding? Yeah, sure, man. Yep. Um, my journey started off, as we said, with the rowing. Um, I actually was in rugby season, got injured, then had to do way more weights programs. Um, that led to um, my first bodybuilding program and diet, which was yep. actually year 11. And I probably diet harder in year 11 when I was 16 than I probably ever have because I was just so OCD and, and you know, um, so tedious about the whole thing. Um, and then that led to after school, I did my first bodybuilding show as a natural teenager. Um, I did two seasons there. I won shows and that obviously led to me pursuing it more because I was getting that, that positive um, feedback from the sport, you know. And then I led to doing some shows with the IFBB after I was 20, 21. Um, and uh, then recently done some Arnold Classics, won some titles there. Um, came very close to winning the overall last year. Um, so yeah, a few few good titles and a really good journey. Yeah, that, that's massive, isn't it? It's such a um, like like you know more than me on this, but in ways of competition, the IFBB is the like is really the standard of um, look and size of bodybuilders, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's the most most popular um, federation. Once people, um, well, they don't even have to decide to go unnatural. There's lots of natural athletes that do it as well. Yeah. Um, but it is you know in the open men's bodybuilding. It is the pinnacle of bodybuilding because you've got the that that leads to the Olympia, yep. especially for the IFBB Pro League. There is the they had the split a couple of years ago. It confuses the shit out of everybody. Yes, yeah. Um, but there is another IFBB which IFBB Elite, which doesn't lead to the Olympia. It just sort of just you can get money from it, and it's probably you know fun for people to do it. But if you're um, I'm hell bent on getting to America and competing in America as a pro, so. Um, that's the path that I'm going to choose, you know, and that appeals to a lot of people. Very cool. Um, let's go over some, like, talk a bit about your journey getting into bodybuilding. Let's talk about some um, things you learned along the way, maybe things you've unlearned, um, uh, mistakes you may have made, things that you found worked well. Yeah, man, I look, learned so much. Like, there's so much to learn. And talk you're, you're, talking, yeah. you're talking about a five-year, six-year journey, you know, and what to cram into a little podcast. But yeah. definitely... Um, like advice would probably be or things that I learned most would be like not wanting things too quickly because bodybuilding is such a long game you know and you can get that hype of like wanting results really quickly and if sometimes say you know when I switched to going um, enhanced um, and then you get really quick results you, you kind of expect that the whole time so it's sort of this whole roller coaster of a journey um, of what you're looking at you know and you're always I think the biggest another big thing as well is not comparing yourself to others and just doing comparing yourself to yourself because if you're always making progress then you're always better than your previous self rather than comparing yourself to say someone who beat you or some of the top pros and then you're feeling inadequate because of that you know so it's like um, 
yeah, probably say those are the those are the big things not to compare. And oh, yeah. I really like that. And this is you know this is something I I um preach to my clients, especially females. You know, I'll get mm. I'll get um at least once a week get a client send me a you know a photo of someone they found on the gram they want to look like. I'm like, well, mm. you're not that person. This is how you look. We're just going to try better little bit by little bit. And that I suppose even for um, yourself in a way, there's a hard mindset to get around at first. Mm-hmm. Um, when you when you see these people that you want to aspire to, and you gotta you gotta pull yourself back and go, it is really just you versus you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's just a genetic thing, um, environmental thing, mindset thing. Um, you know, being being even being in Australia, and it's different to being in America and competing over there. Um, so yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, awesome. Um, one of the things you're talking about there is um, like how much more of a spiritual journey it is for you now. Do you wanna do you wanna dive into that a bit? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, it's sort of past, like I was just saying before, past it sort of past aesthetics and it gets past that point where I care about the size. Um, and then I sort of add start to add things in once you get to the advanced level to add other things into your lifestyle so that the journey is more fun, you know, like rather than just fuck beating your, beating your head at the gym and beating your body at the gym, it's like... Um, how can you add things and I've always been this way it's like how can you put energy back into your body when you're spending so much time outputting energy yeah. you know what I mean like you know grinding at the gym grinding at cardio grinding at the diet it's like where where can you learn to put those things back in um, and I, you know it can be simple things as massage or meditation or um, you know, those are the two big things for me, even recovery of the mind. And yeah. Body. Recovery of the mind and body, putting energy back in, learning how to actually relax the, even the mind, you know, like when you're on a rest day, are you thinking about the gym? Because that can hype you up, you know, yeah. and put you in a sympathetic nervous system state instead of just rest and recovery. And it's like, I learned this from Ben Pakulski with, um, at one of the seminars I did with him, he was saying that it's like, you can always put your foot on the gas pedal but it's learning to um, take the foot off the gas pedal and apply the brake because a lot of people keep their foot on the gas and apply the brake and be like, oh, I'm having a rest day, thinking about the gym, you know, still, you know, grinding, 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 and they're doing the gas and the brake at the same time, but it's learning to take um, the, the foot off, off the gas pedal as well, you know, and that's sort of what tied into to being, to being a bit more spiritual because, you know, I can go into training and, and a little bit more internally focused you know I used to like massively back when I started taking um, a lot of pre-workouts a lot of caffeine you know a lot of stuff that amps you up and like you can lift heavy with all that sort of stuff and you can get really strong but um, there's sort of this component to training where if you sort of calm everything down you can be more centered and you can put yourself into I hate to say it but the mind muscle connection you know you can be more centered in your body and that's sort of what's I suppose is my spiritual journey you know is is learning my internal you know my my body and then my internal peace you know at the same time i love that that's that really takes uh you know for a lot of people i think that's the biggest challenge because you're a business owner um Mm -hmm. uh, you've got a few things that you do right so you do the um you run the yeah i got my my dog wash wash, services we're going to expand into a few other things i only started that six months ago yeah um so down at leighton beach we just go on the weekends and and wash dogs down at the beach it's an idea i was thinking about for about a year yeah. like dogs come up from the beach the sandy that they, they, people want to wash you know what i mean so yeah, it's a good great. weekend cash cow it's not it's not a week thing that that i do um 
but yeah, then I've also got my coaching business. Yep. Um, I run that sort of hand in hand with my um, with my bodybuilding career because it's like if I win shows and I you know gain popularity there, then that sort of enhances my my coaching business. You know what I mean? Um, personal training has been a big roller coaster for me. It's like it's you know it's you you enjoy it and then sometimes you hate it and you know so I'll go with the flow. I used to. Originally, actually, to start, what started off my PT business was at Christchurch. I bought a client list off someone, um, so they were selling their PT business. It was a bit risky, but it was good. It was a good investment in terms of um, the transitioning he was going to do with me. So that built me up massively. I was doing like fifty sessions a week, wow, yeah, um, making really good money. Stored heaps of money away for about a year there. Um, put uni on the back burner for a business there because um, I was making good coin and. You know, you know when you're doing that type of sessions, and you ch- I was charging what he was charging, so I went from a just a new PT to an advanced PT rate. Yeah, and it was just you know that built my PT up, but then that burnt me out of PT. You know, that's, that's so then I was you know you got to learn to to have a multifaceted approach to what you do and try and put energy in in all areas. You know, like I, what we were saying when we come in, you got massage table here. Yeah. you know, you learn to do a few other things that keep you keep you going. You know. Cool. Yeah, and looping back around to was asking about the business thing is like you you know yourself. Um, it's very easy if you're so deep into training, how easy mm-hmm. it is to burn both ends. You know, where you've got your foot on the gas and trying to push the brake at the same time, something has to give because eventually something will give, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's very cool. Um, let's go into so what are some things in ways of um, training. Um, and uh, if you don't mind talking about performance enhancements that you find that sure. young guys these days are making mistakes with in bodybuilding um, training is a hard one because like you got to do a lot at the start to learn to learn everything you know what I mean but sometimes you can over do too much volume and too much you know um, and with training so you know that that then sort of can translate into other areas like PEDs you know if you're wanting things going tying back into what I was saying before like comparing yourself wanting things too quick it's like you do shit loads of volume and then if guys are you know dabbling in the performance enhancers they also um, may take that mindset across and into their performance enhancers and doing way too high dosages for too high they just don't have the right guidance because there's not enough info out there Um, there are a few good guys Broderick Chavez I will throw his name out there because he helped me with some stuff um, for free he's awesome he's so switched on with her um, and he's uh, you know biologist chemist fucking everything he's in America um, so he's very good if, if for people to learn off um, but it's an experience thing as well you've got to go through doing too much to know what's too much for your body you know like I did one remember doing one cycle where me and my, one of my other mates I won't mention his name um, he's about probably at the time 10 kilos heavier than me just a taller dude we both tried to do um we both tried to do about two grams which is a big 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 dose big cycle um total so it was about a gram of test and a gram of deca or something um and he loved the cycle and i hated it about about four or five weeks in i just could not i could not handle you know my sleep and everything was just off you know like I, i was recovering great and i was getting big but at the same time, it's like once you do, you, you know, you get all these benefits when you go to that high, but then you also get all these negatives. Um, and then I also learned that, 
you know, I sort of didn't understand at the time why his body was soaking it up and loving it, but I sort of realized he had probably more muscle mass on his frame, um, probably more receptor, um, I hate to use that word because I don't know too much about it, but he probably had more receptors or more ability to absorb more, and therefore it wasn't too much for him, but for me it was spilling out of the cup for me, you know, it was like overflowing and I got started getting negative side effects. Um, so for, for those guys, it's like, if you want all the benefits, um, you're going to get, if you want massive super physiological benefits, you're going to get massive um, negatives as well. And until you learn what your body is capable of doing, what's too little, what's too much, what's too long, what's not enough, you know, all those sorts of things. And you can learn that off other people. You know, I think that's the best thing is to get guidance from people who are well known and knowledgeable, not guys who go, yeah, mate, I'll help you out. I know what I'm talking about, you know, just do this and do that. You know, you want to go to people who are well known for that stuff. You know, if you're just going to the, the guy in the gym who said he can help you out um, and he's like, yeah, don't worry about it, mate. You know, just do th- like this dosage or whatever, you know, they're probably not got your best interests at heart. So, um, and you know, that's a free advice, you know, from them. So it's like maybe pay for some of that advice if you want to know what to do on that side of things so that, um, you're getting smart advice, healthy advice. Um, and there's one thing that I always preach is if you're going to do that stuff to also, um, do like if you're going to spend the money on all that shit and this is what Adam Omaki my coach preaches he's like if you're going to spend your money and all that and and load up on everything then you've got to be willing to put the money into your health and uh, blood tests and coaching to learn from you know what you're doing rather than just spilling money into that you know you've got to yes it makes sense you don't don't just like go all in on that and not not point the other direction and and keep you know because a lot of guys do man a lot of guys do just neglect their health neglect blood tests because you go get a blood test and if they tell you you know um you know i send big lists of of things yep. for people um to get tested and if you go get that tested um and a lot of that's not covered by medicare in australia so because it's all personal knowledge right it's yep. going to be three or four hundred bucks you know, so then that scares people off. Oh no, I don't want to get. I don't. I don't want to spend four hundred bucks yeah, on that. Four hundred dollars on a couple of miles. <laughs> exactly. I'll spend yeah. it on the other stuff. You know, I'll yeah. spend it on my food. I'll spend it on other things, and then, um, and then all of a sudden, you know, you can. And I fell into this trap. It was a year down the, you know, two years into doing it all, and um, I hadn't really looked at health too much. So then when I got health checks and and whatnot, I'm lucky that I never had anything come up after not looking at health for that long, but. Um, I think that's because I was younger, you know, as you get older, 25 onwards, you've really got to put the time into it because you can fall into that trap and things can, things can be flagging and you're not looking at them, you know, on your blood test, they could be skyrocketing or they could be, um, you know, red marks on the, on the paper, but you're not, um, you're not looking at them. You're just ignoring them because you're looking at that, you know, you're looking at the, the golden thing in front of you, the yes. big shiny, the big shiny thing in front of you, yeah. the results, the gains, the size, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it is one of those things. Like you know, as basic saying, or with great power comes great responsibility. And if you put that much into your body to help grow you, uh, essentially you got to take a lot more responsibility around that for yourself. For sure, Um, man. Yeah, yeah. it's it's that's a maturity thing, though. You know, like guys, I'm 25 now, so I I know that I need to put that time into those things. Um, and I knew all the way along from when I was 20, but those first two years, I didn't care because it was maybe wasn't. Um, you know, 
as educated as I am now on that sort of stuff. But for anyone listening, if they they you know if they're younger and they're looking at that or they have just started or whatever, go get the knowledge from someone else. Go learn from someone who is knowledgeable. Um, and you'll know if they are, you know, you'll know, just ask around, do your due diligence on people. If you're looking at a coach and um, he looks like amazing online fitness coach, you know, that could be all their marketing. So just make yeah. sure you just, you, f- you figure it out. You know, it's easy to do. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that how, you know, I suppose a big takeaway from that point you're just saying is be aware of the costs involved before mm-hmm. you go down that journey. Because sure. there's, um, you're gonna have to pour a lot of not just not just the food, the you know the supplements, the training, the coaching. If you add in the lifestyle, you add all that up, and then recovery as well. Yeah. Add all that up. That's a, a lot of money that you um, which again is enough stress, right? When you when you're forking out money for something, you gotta you gotta make sure you're making your money. So it's like you gotta balance, find that balance. Um, how do yeah. you find how do you find that balance? Yeah, look, I've obviously learned the balance over five years. Yep. As I said, I've been you know I've been out of balance and now I am in balance but for anyone learning to like looking at trying to find the balance for them um just start really low you know on and on that side of things like start the bare minimum do your research um you know like I said find someone um and ask them what's the lowest I can do you know yep. do that so then you've got the money and the time to put into health um, and then if you want to, you can go up, you know, once you're tracking both and you've got everything in balance, it's just being mindful about it, you know? Yep. So, you know, you got the in by listening to this podcast, you know, cause you now, you yeah, know, exactly. yeah. you know that you need to put your time into the health and, you know, and, and it's not all just looking at that shiny thing. Yep. What do you think some red flags that come up with, um, when you hear people talking about, dosages and like recommending um people like ridiculous amounts and things like that like what do you uh, i think in a previous conversation we had yeah you heard like some people recommending like three grams on the first cycle for someone or something oh, like that yeah yeah like, for sure i've heard i've heard crazy protocols um and that's sort of we can we can go towards like um what's like in what people say what the pros do you know or what do the pros do it's like yeah. I actually had a, a conversation with one of the pros again won't mention his name very reputable um, you know years decades of experience he's oh, yeah. very old um, he's on the end of his career now and I was at dinner with him just by luck one one year um, and I said you know I was that guy that asked him like well, what do you guys do you know come on tell me because I was still young then and he was like look I'm not going to tell you what I do or what someone else does he goes but what I say is you do what your body can handle um, because you you know your body can only handle so much and that kind of ties back into my my experience with that other cycle that I was talking about it's like I had to learn what was too much you know um, and then you know so you know but then again people do get recommended to do five six grams so Oof. if you want to talk about those dosages like you know people you can do it and see if your body can handle it, but look, I don't, I don't recommend it, you know? Um, and some people's bodies can handle it, you know, somehow just fucking seems like magic, you know, they can just handle five grams and they're like, yeah, sweet, no worries. But then there's sort of like, I sort of question their ability to recognize their own body. You know, I've always been a big one to be in tune. Yeah. Being in tune, being intuitive with like listening to your body um, and if you're too focused on that shiny thing in front of you, you're not looking, if you're looking outwards and comparing and doing all this external stuff, 
you're not looking inwards and feeling how your body really feels, you know, and some people can ignore that. They just have the amazing ability to ignore that. So maybe that's how they can do such big dosages, you know, Um, but you don't, man, you don't need that much. Like my, my standard maximum is one gram. Um, and that's no, no word of a lie. I'll cruise. I actually cruise on CRT. So I will go to, um, what is it? Two milligrams per kilo of muscle mass. So for me, that's about 180 milligrams, um, which is less than a mil for those guys trying to do the math. It's yeah. like, it's it's less than a mil. Most guys will be like, oh yeah, I'm. Cru-. I've talked to to a lot of people, friends and whatnot. They're like, oh, I'm cruising at the moment. And I'm like, what are you cruising on? And they're like, oh, two mil. Oh, and I'm like, gosh, bro. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's half of. That's 500 milligrams. Um, and that's half of my maximum, you know? Yeah. And I'm not saying my maximum, I'm saying my maximum to get the most out of, with the least side effects, you know? Yes. Yeah. I can still push up to 1.5 and, and feel good, um, but anything plus two, I'm just for crap, you know? So yeah. then again, yeah, so going back, time back into that, a TRT dose is, is less than a meal, you know? Um, and it's dependent on your body weight as well. So if you're, um, you know, TRTing, um, for those looking at TRT or what that is for those that don't know is testosterone replacement therapy it's also can be called hrt which is hormone replacement therapy um and that's for guys who don't have adequate testosterone levels who are looking at supplementing but you could if you're old if you're sort of 45 40 yeah i'd say 45 plus and you go to the doctors in australia you can get that on script um but i i know of a lot of guys businessmen even um, who just want to perform and recover, who train a lot, right? And they, they want to do, they're like, you know, they're interested in about it because everyone, you know, it's, there's all this harsh, like hype about, you know, steroids and yeah. and whatnot. But I don't like to call it steroids because it's been, that's a, there's a stigma around that word, um, especially, you know, say 20, 30 years ago with the media and they all hyped it up as so negative and, you know, you're going to have heart problems and you're going to do this and that. But like, you know, you're not... Um, I like to call it AAS, which is androgenic anabolic steroids. That's a scientific name, um, and you know it's just it it takes that stigma away from it as well. Yeah, yeah it is. It is crazy how the you know the media even themselves with like um, even in football, right? I think there was peptides, mm. but they yeah. they tied that into steroids and like having such a a bad rap about it and like how dare they do this? And you know, in the day it was just peptides, which again is sure. a different. It is. A different it's a, yeah, it's a different thing. You're probably going to get some benefit out of that but um yeah yeah um cool let's let's talk about some uh you're talking about the bloods so some of the things that you like to check what are some what are some um red markers that come up when you're when you um when you look at your own bloods um things that you go well this is where you should pull back and things like that mm-hmm. i'm definitely not qualified to give like a 100 advice on this but i yep. do have just, my standards you know what i mean so experience yeah just throwing out there from you know five years of experience and knowing um, obviously the first thing that's going to flag up is testosterone it's going to be way too high yeah. and then probably if you're um, not managing estrogen estrogen is going to be too high and those first two could probably uh, which is direct causative effect of injecting it is like that is those are going to give you some negatives already you know the estrogen um, so testosterone metabolizes into other things in our body especially for males I'll only talk on the males counterpart um, and that'll that'll uh, metabolize into estrogen. That estrogen would metabolize into other hormones as well. And those things, um, 
like DHT and progesterone to name a few those things are what can cause the negative side effects you know they can cause acne um, they can cause bloatingness they can cause uh, you know aggression those sorts of things um, those are all side effects and you can you can look at those and sort of categorize them into negative and positive column you know because bloatedness for some people bloated bloat being bloated is um, is a negative because you don't want to feel like a bit bloaty a bit like you're holding water you know because it is um, that's what it does if you're at a higher dose but for a bodybuilder being bloated means they're going to gain weight better and they're going to you know they're going to recover faster so is that a positive for them you know it's different um there's different categories so you've got to sort of see what's negative and positive obviously um acne is probably one of the big ones that people hate um and for, i've never had it and i think it's just a genetic thing you know even when i was doing that big cycle i never had um, bad acne you know so the first thing that will flag up on the bloods is testosterone and estrogen um all your other organs kidneys liver um, heart you can't check on a blood test from my knowledge um, but you know main ones are kidneys and liver if you're if you're you know testing for that um, and you would want to be testing both of those if you're on steroids um, sorry AAS <laughs> yeah um, so because they directly affect the kidney and if you're taking orals um, then they can affect the liver so those are the two things that you want to test alongside of your estrogen levels and your testosterone levels um, because those are things that may flag up acutely so they may flag up just as you started um, but then if you don't manage that immediately you don't imagine like manage those um, those red flags they're not going to probably be a problem while you're on the cycle but they may be in 10 years you know what I mean so that's what a lot of it scares a lot of people as well is they'll go get a blood test liver enzymes and a few things in the liver will be Sky high because that's a common one for it's liver. Processing a lot. It's yeah. processing tons, so that's only acutely jumped. You know, it's just because they've put it put their AAS into their body, and then it's jumped up. You know, as soon as they come off, it's going to jump back down. So that's what I was talking about with the positive, the negatives. If you want to weigh up and say, "Cool, I'm happy to gain all that size," if for twelve weeks I have high liver enzymes because twelve weeks of liver, liver, bad liver, liver enzymes, blah. Um, uh, not necessarily a bad thing but bad liver enzymes for 10 years much worse you know what I mean so that's it's the same as drinking alcohol like having one night on the piss isn't going to be bad for you you're going to have a shit hangover um, but drinking you know every three days for 10 years you might end up with some problems yes of course you know? yeah. Yeah. yeah so I know maybe that ties into guys who want to look at doing one or two cycles you know who just want to who don't want to go full down the bodybuilding um side of things but they want to gain a little bit of size you you can do it and get it get away with it very very easily on the health perspective this side of things you know one of the things i wouldn't mind talking about how important is it to have that um you know for, the, for these for guys out there who are listening um, how important is it to have that good open relationship with uh a good doctor um, and someone who you know does your blood test, someone that um, can give you feedback. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, do you want to talk on that? For sure, man. Very, very, very important to have someone with your best interests at heart. And um, sometimes I'll explain my little um, experience with that. Sometimes it's not always what you want to hear. So I've had a family doctor um, who always 
uh, has taken care of me since I was, you know, maybe in my early teens or maybe even younger. Um, and um, he, when I started doing it, I obviously told him, I was like, you know, I'm doing it for bodybuilding. It's not recre- like, it's not recreational. I'm not doing it just to be big and chase girls. Like I'm doing it for bodybuilding. And he was still just like, I don't recommend it, you know? Then, you know, then, then I got the blood test and um, this is when I saw about those first two years when I wasn't like really taking care of it. Um, a few things flagged up and he was like, you know, you're probably gonna need a new kidney in 20 years, you know, probably gonna need this or something, you know, like saying stuff that was scary. Um, so they're always gonna tell you what you need to hear um, because then I wouldn't have learned that, you know, I need to manage these things over a long time. So, um, and, and also like a lot of the time it's hard. The medical system in Australia isn't perfect in my opinion. So um, sometimes it's best to get the blood test from a doctor. If you don't, if you don't have someone with that you're in a good relationship with, um, and you don't trust their knowledge as a doctor, or you know you, you just don't have them, so you're just going to go and see a bulk build. Get the blood tests and get everything you need checked, um, and then take that chart away. Ask for a patient copy. Take that chart away, and then go give it to a coach or someone knowledgeable on PEDs who will be able to analyze that for you and be like, cool, you know, this is probably what's up because a lot of the doctors don't know what's up. They can tell you. They can tell you what's up maybe from a health, like a really health perspective, but they don't know the full, like your, you know, the results side of things as well, you know? And they're always gonna say, don't recommend doing it, stop, blah, 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 because it's under their, you know, they're, they're taught to do that, you yes. know? Yeah. Um, you know, it's anything that's gonna affect you long-term, they're gonna tell you to stop, you know? Yeah, that really comes down to, um, you know, the question of like, how bad do you want Mm. that road like how bad like what are you willing to do yeah um i think uh you know world's strongest man thought beyonce was like when he was asked about performance enhancement he said well you know how bad do you want it like are you prepared to do what you got to do to get that title yeah um yeah yeah exactly it really is that isn't it like Mm. um you gotta take all those other things into account um and try and manage it to get to that point of success yeah for sure and like you don't you don't always have to go all in on that side of things like if your goal is to get to the high end of your sport then yeah you probably do have to push some of those limits for some amount of time um if you're looking and if you're a step back and you're just looking to get a little bit bigger because you know that happens a lot there's a lot of guys out there who take it and this is something that i mentioned earlier recreationally well serious on it you mean Huh? Yeah, that was a thing. Yeah, yeah, it's still a thing, bro. Yeah, yeah, like Coachella or something. Like, I'm going to Vegas next year. I want to get big. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, um, it's like it's not to scare those guys off. You know what I mean? Because like you can do it safely, um, short term, and and get some really good results. I'm not. I'm not advocating it. Like I'm not saying that, but it is not. You know, you just got to do the right thing. Probably more common that way than yeah, it is for hardcore bodybuilders. bodybuilders, One hundred percent, man, because guys just want to take it and and get big, or maybe they're interested about it. I've had friends, you know, be like, you know, you know, should I should I try it? You know, should I do it? And I'm like, bro, it's it's your choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I can always help you on the health side of things, but but Yeah. yeah. And like like you're saying, as well as having that really important relationship with a medical professional, having a good relationship, an open relationship with your coach as well. And well, one, find a good coach and being yeah. open to them. Um, yeah, especially with how you're feeling and things like that. It's just massive, isn't it? Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. yeah I've, you, and you've got to build that over time 
as well. Like, yeah. you, that's got to be something that you, you can't just expect that out of a coach that you sign up with in the first six months even, you know? Like, if you want someone... Um, like, I, I've built a good relationship with Adam Omaki. Over time, um, we just knows my body, we know what's up, we know how each other works, and um, there is benefit to that. Um, but at the same time, maybe people want to also... Um, learn off other people at the same time because it's sort of that like if you want to get them the most this is probably some really good advice as well if you want to get them maximize your ability to learn and you're really motivated to just learn as much as possible then maybe you're the guy that needs to jump from coach to coach you know not not because you're not happy with the results you get and this and that so you're jumping it's like so you learn for 10 weeks of someone learn for six months of someone and learn their different things so that you can learn to add that into your your sort of what makes you you and what yeah, makes your knowledge. Yeah, yeah, your knowledge and everything, you know? Because um, I've definitely been an advocate of that. Like, you know, I'll go and do different courses and different things that add in, listen to as many podcasts as possible, do seminars, do everything, you know, and that sort of just so that it ties into what I'm, you know, so what I can make the decisions myself you know, especially um, for people with coaches, it's like, don't let your coach enable you. Um, this is some good advice. Like, don't let them um, do everything for you and be the be the person who's just going to give you all the answers and do everything for you because that enables you to become a better athlete or, a, you know, or learn. Um, yeah. You've got to be the one to... To be in tune um, with that body, like you're saying. Of course, yeah. yeah you've got to go and, and be the one that makes the decisions for yourself based off based off things they tell you you know so they say I, I, I want you to do all this and you know you know intuitively if exercise isn't good for you you know you'll know if um, a food group isn't good for you you know so then you can just tweak those things and make the decision yourself and I've always done that you know even having a long-term coach who I would listen to anything he says I would then still take his info and knowledge and then be like, try. I'll try it even, I'll try it, see if it works, and then I'll change, if it's not working, I'll change it and do something that I know is it works for me, you know? Yeah. Um, and that can kind of tie into to, um, this sort of, which is I've seen a lot pre- very prevalent lately is like the science community, right? Um, it's funny that this has come up and, and people like basing everything off studies, you know, because they're like, it changes a lot, right? There's a lot of info out there. Yes. Someone can, so. someone can post something that they, they, they'll post a study that they want you to see, you know, because they're a keto advocate or they're yeah. a... Keto You know, yeah. you know, or they're a bloody strength advocate. So, you know, strength yeah. training is the best training or this and that. It's like, um, and, and because people almost seem to get like a hard on for science right at the moment and it's yeah. like yeah science is going to turn into a, a lot. group too yeah, yeah exactly you know so um, you know you don't bounce your ideas and bounce thing off everything and, and just sort of constantly looking out like take that info in process it see if it works for you and then reassess and, and change if you need to yeah yeah that's so important being able to you know one almost be fluid or adaptable mm-hmm. in situations and as you get older too you probably you know along your journey you probably notice how much how many things like would work now that wouldn't have worked maybe you know five years ago for you because you've adapted or you've come such a long way 
And I think um, that's such a big thing for people looking for a coach and looking to gain knowledge over years, not just months or weeks. Because, you know, everyone wants a six-week um, short, sharp... Yeah, 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 results. But it's like, what do you want in six years? Yeah, or exactly. 16 years or 20 years. It's like, that's, that's, that's where it really comes down to that big picture, right? Um, sure. Where you want to be in that time and like, how do you want to feel? Like, yeah. Not just in six weeks, but yeah, six Definitely, years. man. You yeah. want to have a long-term... You do want to have different goals set along the way. And I've always had that long-term goal of getting to American competing there so that's always driven my my training and things like that yeah um so I've sort of never f- seen myself fall into that category of of oh I just want results really quickly 10 weeks finish the 10 weeks reverse like you know yo-yo out and ruin like oh, it's never happened to me because I've you always get clients like that don't excited. you yeah yeah, yeah. I've seen, the majority I've of the clients that yeah, yeah get through the door a lot of people so just set that long-term goal to avoid that you know yeah um, and it has to be something really genuine and authentic. Um, and that's you, you know, and it's, it changes over time, right? It's not always going to be the same point in the future. It's always going to be, um, you know, it might change after certain things, you know? Yeah, it could be a global pandemic. Like, yeah. you know, it forces you to change or adapt in certain ways. You know what I mean? like, yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Yeah. Cool, man. Let's go. Um, let's go back into. So we spoke a bit about bodybuilding. Spoke a bit about um your journey and um, performance enhancements. Let's go back around to the fitness industry. What are some things you love or dislike in the fitness industry? <laughs> we had a bit of a joke about this. Yeah, before. yeah. <laughs> it's like, what do you love? Because um, there's 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 few things to love about the fitness industry. Um, I I definitely um, would would say just some people's positive mindset. You know what I mean? Because like there is some really good positivity you can draw from the fitness industry, um, you know. But that's stretching my knowledge. What do you love about the fitness industry, dude? <laughs> what I what I love, I, I love seeing um, I love seeing people just making a better lifestyle. Like I, I love yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. I love I love you know seeing uh seeing someone who's stressed out of their mind, totally switch off and calm down mm-hmm. in the gym. Right, that's their go to time for yeah. for a busy person is. They might have a business or kids or family and, you know, everything's going crazy outside. They walk in the gym and they just get told, dude, they're just, they're just happy to be there. Like, I, I love that. That's probably something I love most. Um, in ways of the industry itself, I love the people that you meet. Yeah, um, the people sure. that, you know, can let their walls down or like, you know, uh, who aren't so egotistic, in other words. Yeah, like, sure. those are the people I love to meet in the industry. Um, yeah, uh, maybe you've had a good run then because yeah, <laughs> you, you had the opposite. <laughs> I think maybe the, uh, there's a lot of egos that I see, you know, yeah. a lot of stuff that's because um, everyone's everyone's on that like comparison journey. You know, they're so focused on them, they're gonna draw everything in um, to them, and that's okay. Like you know, if you're paying for time and doing that sort of stuff, that's all right. Yeah, but, you know, it is what it is, right? Yeah, and then, you know, that's the other side that oh, I dislike is. Uh, going into that is the people who are so driven on their way is the only way you know you should mm. only do powerlifting or you should only do um, German what is it um, volume training or yeah. German volume training or German, German body composition training oh, right. that that's one. a new one <laughs> <laughs> so it's like this thing called blood shunting um, I used to yeah, work in right. a place that was like that I was just like <laughs> don't eat gluten you have to eat this type of rice you have yeah, to eat right. that type of meat and make sure you get your meat from a different farm every week and it's like <laughs> it's yeah. like for the average person it's just yeah it's, there's a lot of people that have uh, a lot of hidden agendas I suppose in the, yeah, in, in the industry for sure man yeah yeah definitely yeah so that's probably something I don't like about it but um yeah yeah <laughs> people just pushing their own agenda 
Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pushing their own, trying to push their own um, shit on you when you're, especially if you've been around for a little while, if you've done a few things, you, you know what works for you, and you know you know what works for certain type of people too. For sure, but people um, starting off don't. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, they don't, and they're gonna just fall trap to that. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. sort of ties back into what we were saying, like make sure you change all the time to learn off new people, so that you're not always just you don't have like you can't fall into that trap of just if you don't see it someone forcing their agenda on you and then thinking that's the only way you know yep. um yeah yeah no I totally totally agree on that is that um it is for for a beginner coming into looking for a coach it's just it's about finding you know who's got the experience mm-hmm. um reading the reviews chatting to people who know that person go all right well what have they what have they done really well what haven't they done really well things like mm-hmm. that and that can that can gauge such a such a big picture on your own journey and um, you know where it's what well, you know most clients are weight loss right just looking better naked yeah um, sure. yeah so it's really quite quite interesting yeah um, to tie into to tie into that something else like um, basically you know it's not all just um, performance enhancers as well like we've touched on that a lot of the things in my lifestyle that have helped you know develop that sort of like spread mindset and open open mind to everything is just like um, a lot of uh, really good nutrition as well um you know so just basically um and this is a big thing and i always put i put for performance answers probably very low on my list of priorities um training has it's always moving but training has gone to to most important because i know that if i optimize training and everything else is in place then i'm going to get the most out of everything but if i go in there and have a 50 percent session um that's a session i can't make up for you know what I mean? I can't train the next time at 150%. So, yeah, just making sure that everything is everything ties in. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Like in, you spoke about this just a little bit before, but how when you're younger, you know, you take all the pre-workouts, you take all the stimulants to get mm-hmm. you piked up, but there's a, there's a point where you've got to pay that energy back. Same mm-hmm. with um, sending it. Like uh, previously, we even spoke about music, right? Um, listening to music yeah. when you train is that you could be sitting there waiting for that perfect song to come on. Um, yeah for sure to have yeah. a good set yeah definitely yeah we spoke about that just basically you, you'd be there flicking through your next song the next thing just to try and amp you up um, but you know sometimes it just you just need to pull that energy out you know and if if you can't pull that energy out you've probably borrowed too much energy from the future from you know with stimulants and with things or maybe you've just poured yourself out previously too much that you need a rest and you need to take your foot off the gas and apply that break at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Like that's, yeah. that's so true because it's so easy just to, you know, go, 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 go. And then the moment you gotta try to pull it back, you, you realize how, how much damage, like, probably not the right word, but how much fatigue yeah. you've caused yourself yeah. over that period of time. Um, you know, every time I get maybe a new, actually no, maybe a female client, it's like, uh, especially under the age of 30 they're like oh what type of pre-workout should I take I'm like I don't know fresh air mm-hmm. just breathe <laughs> yeah. breathe in sure, deep and, you know no, like no. find something in you that's going to push you because that that's going to be something you can have for the rest of your life you're not going to be able to take pre-workout Definitely. every day of your life touching on that as well yeah. breath is an amazing thing I've got some friends going into the whole holistic side of, of how they can improve people's life with just breath you know and, and I've heard of people having psychedelic experiences with just breathing sessions you know there's some really cool stuff on that so it can be a pre-workout for those you know being yeah. like being like what the fuck 
Cause cash talk about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you mean breath or a pre-workout? <laughs> like, it's truth, man. If you sit there and you breathe... Because a pre-workout do? It your heart rate up. It increases your breathing rate. Yeah, it changes Forced to breathe more. Too. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. You need... And a lot of people... Um, and this is something I learned um, with, at the seminar that I did with BPAC is like breath rate is now... It's like four or five times more per minute than it was a hundred years ago. There was actually some analysis taken in America, luckily, like almost a hundred years ago. It was a very long time ago. Um, someone, you know, took a bunch of, did a big sort of study and sort of got it together and it made, maybe it was like um, four or five breaths per minute, but now it's like 20 breaths per minute, you know? So people are just almost hyperventilating and not getting enough oxygen into their body. Yeah, which causes stress, you know, yeah. which is a big thing, anxiety. Yeah. You know, so I'll say to um, anyone that I train with that gets a bit of anxiety, I'm like, okay, cool, like, we're going to do this next. And I'm like, oh, I'm running out of breath. I'm like, just, just breathe. Just breathe. Just breathe. It's okay. It's like, yeah, for sure. you just calm. Um, you know, that's something I actually learned from, if I go back a bit, when I was doing like 50, 60 sessions a week, I found my voice started going. Mm-hmm. Like, I was losing my voice. Sure. And so I went and saw a vocalist, mm-hmm. uh, a singing coach, yeah, to actually cool. learn how to project my voice for a sustainable amount of time yeah. and uh, I was like we're actually going to teach you how to sing even though I can't sing to save my life <laughs> but what that taught me to do was actually breathe from my stomach um, which is very similar to what you learn in yoga or yeah. um, you know or meditation is you breathe from here instead of breathing from your chest and that yeah, gives you sure. that opens everything up more yeah um, so that, I found that really interesting yeah for yeah. sure that's that that's a type of breath that some of my friends learn is a holotropic holotropic breathing. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but it is big, deep breaths. And you do that for like, I don't know, even just 10 minutes. You know, you do your biggest, deepest, longest breaths and you in and then you don't force it, exhale out. Um, and that's how you get oxygen into your system because um, the most, the, the biggest thing that can make you toxic and recover really bad is CO2 because CO2... Um, can put your pH in your blood, your acidity levels. It can put it out, wow. and then that's the biggest thing. So that's so. This is that's sort of what um, is the leading sort of stuff at the moment. Is there a lot of look into breath and you know how you can you know benefit benefit from just just breathing and getting more oxygen, decreasing your CO two levels, and what that can do for your recovery and your training is probably. Um, more important than all those other stuff that we were talking about, you know, yep, PEDs exactly. and all that sort of stuff, because yep. you can take five grams, ten grams of PEDs, but if you're not breathing right um, and you're not eating right and you're not doing all the basics, like all that is meaningless. Yeah, exactly. You know? um, another thing I found it really uh, big for was when I was specifically training just for strength to try and increase, you know, kilos on the bar. Mm-hmm. Was you know you could perform a ninety percent um, you know ninety percent of your one rep max mm-hmm. for ten sets of singles, but to be able to do that in between that rest time, you have to come, you have to you know go right up there, mm-hmm. and then in five ten minutes you got to bring everything right back down to then bring it back up, and so and if you if you're not learning how to breathe right, you can't recover enough in between those sets to get quality sets. Do you find the same with um, volume type training? For sure, man. So something that I'm practicing at the moment is nasal breathing my whole session oh, so wow. Ben was saying um, you know you should always try it started off where I just couldn't you know I was like do a set of squats and you're just like you're just <laughs> sucking in oxygen through your mouth and you're like fuck I don't know how I'm going to be able to do this so I started doing you know uh, like cardio um, like sprint sessions with just my uh, just nasal breathing so mouth closed 
and then I would take the intensity up just to the point where I could still breathe through my nose and then drop the intensity back down for a bit. So I would do maybe a 10 second sprint and then just go back down and try breathe. So over, t- over about six months, I've sort of developed it. Now I can do a full deadlift set um, to failure and still breathe through my wow. nose um, and just have that controlled breath. And so what happens when you um, breathe too much through your mouth is you're burning carbohydrate a lot. You know, so it's very carbohydrate dominant, um, and therefore you're going to gas out really quickly. You know, you're going to sort of that? find. If you don't mind me asking, is that more of a muscular, more muscles you're using? What is that? What's the? Uh, I think so. I think it's it's um, it's that in sort of intensity that you're you're going at. Um, I don't know the the full science behind it, but I know that um, high oxygen levels is sort of correlated like high oxygen use in training is correlated to high carbohydrate use because you're training at an intensity that is past you know a certain level and therefore it's not oxidative oxidative stress or you know it's it's past that you're burning carbohydrates you know more more carbohydrate and whatnot whereas you could be training in a really calm state and then go into those really high states quickly and then drop back down um and be able to perform for way longer and that's what i'm finding man like i don't get into a session do 30 minutes really hard at the start and then that last bit is like a drag and that's yeah. what it used to feel like I used to get into a gym and do an hour and a half session and the last half of the session I'm like dragging my ass like you know I can still lift heavy but I just feel gassed you know and now I can finish a whole hour session um, and I'm like I, I want to do more you know but I'm I'm at the end of my volume for my what my what I planned and I'm yeah. like shit you know so there is a lot of benefit in, in practicing that you know very so, cool man yeah. very cool um, that's 50 minutes there. Yeah. Do you want to, cool. is there anything you actually want to touch on? Um, for now, yeah. we can do a part, we'll do a part two at some point. Yeah, I'm um, sure we Carry can. on, we could probably go into specifics of like just nutrition or just training. And for sure, if people have, there. people have questions, they can always ask you and we can do a part two and, yeah. and put something together if they cool, want man. to know more about something else or whatever. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, cool. thank you very much for listening, guys. Uh, James's information will be in the link at the bottom of the podcast under the description. Please give that a click. If you've got any questions for him, drop him a message. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming on. See ya.